This is Basketball U. On Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. What's up and welcome in to a fresh Basketball U on the ESPN Chicago app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tyler Rocky. We're talking college hoops with you every single week. We've got a big week on tap because we've got our top 16 reveal this weekend. I'm going to go through and try to guess 1 through 16. Predict the 16 teams of the seed reveal that we get from the NCAA tournament committee. Much like in college football where they do the playoff reveal each week, um, we get the 1 through 16. But I'll, Although this is just a sort of a one-time deal, but we're getting it this weekend, so I'll try to predict those 1 through 16 for you. And I'm sure we've got some new people here today with us because football officially in the rearview mirror. So we're going to do the football fan's guide to parachuting into college basketball today. Get you caught up everything that you've missed so far this season because it has been a historically crazy year in the sport. But first, you can follow me on Twitter at Tyler Aki underscore. Always tweeting out my college basketball thoughts and love interacting with all of you out there on everything college hoops. Um, and be sure to tell all of your college basketball loving friends about the show. Rate, download, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. All right, so just had our Super Bowl over the weekend. It was a fantastic game. And now I think a lot of people sort of feel like Will Smith and the Fresh Prince meme right here, like just an empty room. Like, what are we supposed to do now that football's over? Well, fear not because college basketball can segue you right into the start of baseball as well as when, when things start, get, start to get going with NFL free agency and the NFL draft. Let college basketball sort of be your, your guide, your shepherd to, to get you to those places because it has been a lot of fun to watch this year. There are a lot of really, really fun players in the sport. I think a lot of it has to do with the continuity of it all. But I'm sure there's a lot of football fans who, or just sports fans who are feeling this little, little barren abyss that they're sort of in right now, a sports abyss that they're trying to get out of. And that's where college basketball comes in. So here it is. I'm going to give you my guide, the football fan's guide to parachuting into college basketball. All right, so let's start with this. Don't be the number one team in the country. It has not been a, a good thing, a fun thing this season. We are already on our fourth different program that's been the number one overall team. We've seen a couple teams lose their number one spot, then regain it. Uh, but it started off with UNC as the number one team in the country. UNC has not registered a quadrant one win. So what is that? That's according to the NCAA's net rankings, 0-25 to 25 um, if you beat one of those teams at home, that's considered a quad win. Teams 0 through 50 on a neutral site and 0 to 75 on the road. UNC has not registered one of those victories yet. They were your preseason number one after making an, uh, an unexpected run to the national championship game last year. Um, Houston has been the number one team this season. They also have lost their crown and have had a couple of puzzling losses along the way as well. But they have been a number one team. Purdue has bounced in and out of being the number one team. They are a team that, even though they've been the number one team, I have zero confidence in them to, to win a national championship this season. And then Alabama, your current number one team in college basketball. But it has been tough sledding if you have been the number one team. And I... I don't know how many other 
number ones we're going to get the rest of the season, but I won't rule out something crazy just because of the nature of the way the sport has gone. All right, next up. Coach K isn't here anymore. I know. They kind of, in case you, you missed the farewell tour last year, no more Coach K in the sport. Although, although, he said he was never going to go to a game this season, a Duke game this season. And he's kind of, He's been hovering as best as he can without actually, like, he's he's the parent who, you're not going to get all of your, your kids' text messages because I know there's some parents out there that make sure that they, they can see everything that their that their kids are doing, texts and all that stuff, but they're hovering. They, they know what's happening. They maybe take little phone checks and see what's going on uh, with their kids because he went to, this past weekend, went to the St. John's game little curious, but he does have ties to the athletic director there. Um, so he was there, went to a couple NBA games this season, but he was trying as hard as he possibly could to, to be around the sport without, while also holding up his end of the bargain and saying he's not going to be at a single Duke game this year. And then yesterday, he goes to, to Duke Notre Dame on Valentine's Day. So it was a, it, it's, it's just Coach K still hovering. And he almost watched Duke lose a double-digit lead there against Notre Dame at home against one of his old assistants, Mike Bray. So, by the way, another thing, if you're just parachuting in, Mike Bray entering his last season. And Coach K comes in with a, a bottle of wine for him. And I, I don't know. It's just like he's trying to make the farewell tour happen for everyone because he's trying to justify what happened last season. But anyway, Coach K not here anymore. Oh, and by the way, uh, Duke also sucks this year. So uh, they, they narrowly beat uh, Notre Dame yesterday. They are not currently in the top 25 right now. Um, they are 9-6 and six in conference, 18-8 and eight on the season. So Duke sucks this season. Um, has not been good for them. Um, speaking of Duke, it has been a bad year to be a blue blood as well. This season, UCLA and Kansas are the only good ones. We're seeing tremendous parity within the sport right now. UConn and Indiana are all right. They're, they're teams that are just kind of hovering back into the rankings here. Indiana's starting to catch a little bit of steam and looking good. UConn had its moment inside the top three earlier this season and was really dominant out of the gate, but have not been quite that team since getting to Big East play. But then you look at some of the other teams, Villanova, Duke, Kentucky, Carolina, Syracuse, Michigan State, and then there's Louisville, who only has three wins this season. Um, this has been a historically bad year for Blue Bloods. A lot of transition with some of these programs. Villanova um, has a new head coach. Duke has a new head coach. Kentucky, I mean, it feels like the, the fan base wants a new head coach. That's another little tidbit, too. Um, a, a fan got kicked out of a stadium out of Rupp Arena for having a sign that was politely asking Coach Cal to go coach Texas after they fired their head coach this season because of some domestic abuse issues. Um, Carolina has a second-year head coach. Syracuse fans want a new head coach. Tom Izzo, I guess, is the best of this bad bunch right now. Um, he at least will probably make the tournament. Um, and then Louisville has a new head coach as well. So a lot of change with these Blue Bloods, or at least a lot of wanted change. And they're just not, uh, they're just not playing up to their, their expectations this year. And in fact, 
there was a, a funny graphic on, on CBS the other day during a game on Saturday. Um, it was Blue Bloods are down graphic, and it showed the struggles of teams like Villanova, Syracuse, Louisville. Then it put Wisconsin on the list, too. I didn't realize uh, Wisconsin was a blue blood, but uh, congrats on your blue blood victory over Michigan last night. Um, Wisconsin, a blue blood, apparently. But I found that to be uh, quite funny. Um, but, yeah, no. It's been a bad year to be a blue blood, so um, it's been a, a much better year to be one of the new bloods in college basketball. But UCLA and Kansas, the only ones living up to their name in that regard right there. All right. Um, another thing with, with top-tier teams here, we didn't have a unanimous number one team until two weeks ago when the Purdue Boilermakers were the number one team in the country. Um, we've seen a, a couple teams get close. Purdue actually has gotten close a couple times. I believe Houston's gotten close as well. But last week was the first time that we saw, uh, or two weeks ago, I should say, was the first ranking that we saw with a unanimous number one team in the country. And it was only to be spoiled by... Um, Purdue losing at the hands of Northwestern uh, on, as your little appetizer to uh, a Super Bowl Sunday. Um, speaking of Purdue, you know that, remember that tall guy, the super tall guy, seven foot four, moves around, lumbers around out there? Um, you probably remember him from last year's tournament. His name's Zach Eady, and he's the best player in the sport right now. Minus 3,500 to win the National Player of the Year award. That's on FanDuel right now. And Edie has been out of this world this year. He's averaging 22 points and 13 rebounds, shooting about 63% from the field. He has been by far and away the best player in the sport. However, I don't think it is going to end up mattering come tournament time because the rest of his team doesn't really... I mean, it's not that they're not good. They're good, but they're, I think, a little too young. And on top of that, um, it's tough to win when you've got a, a big man as your best player and the other young guys are just a little too heat checky for me to have some confidence in them going on a run to the final four. Purdue to me feels like a team that even though they've been number one a couple times this year, they're going to be in for some, some second weekend, uh, swoon as they enter the NCAA tournament. In fact, wouldn't even surprise me to see them losing the, the second round as well. Um, all right. Uh, next up, Alabama. Not a football school anymore. Nick Saban, suck it. Pass the torch to Nate Oates because guess what? The Alabama Crimson Tide are your number one team in the country right now, and they are, for the first time in their program history, the number one team in the country. Alabama football didn't make the college football playoff this year. Alabama basketball uh, trending towards a number one seed. You know, they have been on a tear that they are winning conference games by an average clip of 20 points per game. They're still undefeated in conference play at 12-0. and Just came off of a, a good win on the road against Auburn over the weekend uh, by eight points there. They've got a very, very good game against Tennessee later on tonight. And if they beat Tennessee tonight, they have a good chance to run the table in the SEC regular season right now with uh, five games to go after that one. But they play tremendous offense, tremendous defense, ranked 13th in offensive efficiency, 5th in defensive efficiency, and it's because they shoot a ton of threes. They've got my favorite player in the entire sport to watch in Brandon Miller. He is currently shooting 43% from three, and he's doing it on more than uh, seven attempts per game. So Brandon Miller has been, and he's going to be the um, he's going to be the first 
um, the first NBA or, or the first college prospect drafted into the NBA this year. He's been a, a five, five-star guy, averaging about 19 and eight this season. Um, and if Zach Eady wasn't putting up crazy numbers, we would be talking about him as a potential National Player of the Year candidate. Right now, he's plus 10,000 on FanDuel. So I don't know, maybe Zach Eady gets injured and he works his way into the conversation there. But they are by far and away my favorite team to watch this season. And they have just been outright dominant so far this season. So Alabama, not a football school anymore. They are a basketball school now. So I'm sorry, Nick Saban, but your time has come. Um, All right. Next up, uh, this is going to be Jim Nance's last NCAA tournament. He announced at the beginning of the season that he is going to call his final Final Four. It's all sort of fitting, too, because the Final Four is in Houston. Houston, the the school, is in a prime position to actually host a, a Final Four game because they're one of those teams that can certainly make a deep run, and we have seen them get to the Final Four uh, over the past couple of seasons. And Jim Nance, an alum of Houston of the University of Houston. So it all this has kind of been my, my Houston Trinity that you're going to see. You're going to see Houston playing at home in the Final Four, and Houston can cut down the nets, and, and Jim Nance will be there on the call of his alma mater's championship-winning season. It would be their first championship in program history. We saw them get to so many Final Fours before, but have not won the big one. So, um, yeah, look, be, this is the last Jim Nance Final Four that we are going to see, and then he will cede the reins to Ian Eagle to to call the, the Final Four after that. But it's it's going to be the, the end of an era for CBS and, and for Jim Nance, all right? Uh, next up, we've got Gonzaga. Um, they're not Gonzaga that we've seen in years past. Remember the team that just sort of rolled through their their competition and conference? Not saying that they're having a bad season by any stretch of the imagination, but they have already registered two conference losses, and it's not even March yet. Uh, if you look at a lot of the metric sites like Ken Palm, Bart Torvik, even the net, they actually don't even have Gonzaga as the number one team out of the WCC. That honor belongs to St. Mary's. Now, I do think that is um, a little misleading. I don't think that St. Mary's is the better team than Gonzaga, even though uh, the Gales do have the head-to-head victory, a 78-70 overtime win um, in a game where Gonzaga was actually in control for most of it until overtime hit. But those two teams will face off again um, at the end of the month. Um, But right now, St. Mary's sixth in the net, seventh in um, Ken Palm right now. But St. Mary's has two quadrant three losses, and that is not a good thing. If you you scroll down through the net rankings, the next team that you see with a pair of quadrant three losses, you got to go all the way down to 28, and that is where you find Rutgers. Um, St. Mary's, though, I think kind of given a pass. They also only have two quadrant one wins. Um, the next team that has just two wins is San Diego State. They're ranked 18th, so I, I think that St. Mary's should probably be more in the, the teens in terms of rankings as opposed to where they are in the top 10 right now. But Gonzaga still have Drew Timmy, still stroking the mustache, um, but... I don't think they're nearly as strong as they have been in years past. Uh, Their defense is not nearly as good. They're just tucked inside the top 100. Their offense is still fantastic, number two in the country, but they've got plenty of holes, and I don't know if they're going to make the super long run that we've seen out of them in years past. 
Next up, um, I hope you have ESPN+. Plus. I hope you have ESPN Plus football fans because the college basketball's best games, best conference has been putting and sneaking a few of their games onto ESPN Plus, and that is in the Big 12 Conference um, because the Big 12 is the only good conference right now in college basketball. Consistently good, night in, night out, you know what you're going to get. Um, their last place team in the conference is Texas Tech right now at 3-10. and 10. And Texas Tech, uh, their three victories have all come against top 15 teams. They're 3-10 in conference, but all of those wins have come against top 15 teams. So anyone can beat anyone. There's currently three teams sitting at the top right now at 9-4, Kansas, Texas, and Baylor. Um, Iowa State has beaten every good team in the top six or seven of, uh, of the Big 12 so far. So it's been a fun conference to watch night in and night out. And they are the best conference. And in fact, they might be the only good conference in college basketball. But they do have that rights deal where a lot of these really good games are being put on ESPN+. Plus. So hope you have ESPN+. Plus. Um, let's go through another conference here. The Big East is pure chaos. Pure chaos. Um, right now, you've got four teams separated by a half game in the or a game I should say in the Big East right now that's Marquette, Xavier, Creighton and Providence last night's game between Creighton and Providence double overtime thriller at the the Amp out in uh the Great Northeast in, in Providence, Rhode Island. Um they I cannot wait for the Big East tournament this year. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, but there's a lot of chaos at the at the top. Uh, when you look at some of these teams, UConn has played some spoiler. Seton Hall, Providence, Creighton, Xavier, Marquette. Um, it's a lot of. It's been a lot of fun to watch the Big East this season. So um, I'm excited for the Big East tournament, uh, and I look forward to watching the conference. The Big East isn't the best conference, but it is certainly the most chaotic, and it has been a lot of fun to watch. Um, next up, the Big Ten sucks. I'm sorry. Big Ten sucks this year. Uh, they've got one really strong team in Purdue. But again, I sort of said it earlier, I don't have a lot of faith in Purdue to make a deep tournament run because of the way that their team is structured. Um, same can be said for pretty much every team in the Big Ten for a conference that has gotten loads of bids over the past couple of seasons. They have not delivered and gotten deep into the tournament. Um, Indiana was the preseason favorite. They struggle a little bit out of the gate, but they're starting to catch a little bit of fire. I think Indiana's a good team, not a great team, but those are really the only two noteworthy teams in my eyes out of the Big Ten that could maybe make a little bit of tournament noise. Everyone else is pretty mediocre. Like You look through, there's a logjam of teams. Um, let me count them up here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine teams in the Big Ten, all separated by uh, two games. Um, so that to me kind of shows how, how close the conference is. And for a conference that has not been very good, I don't think that is a good thing right now for the, the big 10. Um, and if you think the big 10 sucks, well, I've got something for you with the ACC. They really suck right now. Um, Ken Palm does a ranking of all of the conferences and the ACC for a team that's a, or a conference that's a power five conference, right? Um, they are seventh 
and uh, the AAC is not one of those conferences above them. They are just narrow or just uh, behind them right there at eighth. But the ACC right now, when you look at the top of the standings, all right, the first I'm going to give you the first five teams in the standings for the ACC. You've got Pitt currently leading the way at 12 and three team that you would not expect to be leading the ACC as we hit the middle of February. And you've got Virginia, a team that you could expect to see them, but they are half a game behind Pitt right now. Miami, who has played some really good basketball this year, they're in third, but a team that you would not expect to be there. They have the most overall wins of any team in the ACC with 21 right now. Clemson is in fourth right now and actually has been in the lead for a majority of the season in the ACC. And then you have NC State. Um, The ACC has been in a lot of trouble. And I think when they went to expand and they brought in Syracuse and they brought in Louisville, Boston College, uh, Notre Dame, they were expecting to get this bump from the East Coast because those were programs that, or for the most part, those were programs that were really strong. Pitt, another one, and they've kind of lucked out with Pitt this year. Um, when they when they brought those programs in, they thought they would getting they'd be getting a lot of historically great programs. Unfortunately, most of those historically great programs have absolutely floundered. Um, Pitt, for the most part, since joining the ACC, has been awful. Um, Syracuse has not been good, even though they've had some splashy tournament runs. They've not been good in the conference, except for the season when they first joined the conference. Um, Boston College has not been good. Notre Dame has, for the most part, not been good. They did win one ACC title. Um, and and Louisville, they started off good and were pretty steady, but the last couple of years have not been good, pretty much ever since Rick Pitino left. And it has been a mess for Louisville so far. But the ACC has not been good. Um, Duke has not been the traditional power that they're used to being. Carolina has not been there. Florida State, who's been really good in recent years, has not been good this year. Virginia Tech has been super inconsistent. Um, But yeah, it's hurting this conference. It really is. They have not been good. And even though they may get five or so and five or six NCAA tournament teams this year, I would not expect any of them except for maybe Virginia to create a little bit of noise in the NCAA tournament. Um, and if you think the ACC really sucks, well, I've got a, I've got something for you with the Pac-12 here. All right, The Pac-12 is currently, according to Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology, slated to only have two NCAA tournament teams. The Mountain West Conference may have double the amount of tourney teams as the Pac-12 with San Diego State, Nevada, Boise State, New Mexico. Um, All those teams currently in a position to get to the NCAA tournament. Meanwhile, for the Pac-12, right now UCLA and Arizona are firmly in the field. They're actually really good teams, but everyone else is bad, really bad. And I don't think we're going to see more than two Pac-12 teams get into the NCAA tournament. What would have to happen is someone would have to play spoiler out in Vegas for the Pac-12 tournament and go out and win the Pac-12 conference tournament. And I don't see that happening with two teams like UCLA and Arizona right now who are both playing some really steady basketball. So I am not a believer in the Pac-12. I don't think a lot of people really are. Um, But this is is where we are right now with the Pac-12. The the Big 12 is good, 
The Big East is chaotic and fun. The Big Ten sucks. The ACC really sucks. And the Pac-12 is beyond that. I mean, they are absolutely abysmal right now. They have not been a lot of fun to watch either outside of UCLA and Arizona. All right, let's... How about a, a couple of uh, local things for you here, all right? Um, Northwestern is better than Illinois right now. Yeah, that's right. Northwestern, currently ahead of Illinois in the Big Ten standings, 9-5 and five to the Illini's 8-6. and six. Northwestern, of course, coming off of the big win against Purdue, and they also have the head-to-head beatdown of Illinois, 73-60 to 60 to uh, kind of usher in the early portion of the, the Big Ten season. Listen, Northwestern's been a cool story this year. I, they'll get into the tournament in all likelihood after their victory against Illinois, but I don't have a ton of belief in them right now. I still probably believe in Illinois a little bit more than I do Northwestern. Um, Illinois is starting to play a lot better basketball, although they did get blown out the other uh, last night on the road against Penn State, who's been a, a solid team this year. But I, I, for right now, you can't say that Illinois is better than Northwestern, which is very, very shocking because heading into the season, Northwestern, Chris Collins was on the hot seat, probably earned himself a, a good old Wildcat extension. And he's also uh, probably going to be in the running for coach of the year within the conference as well and is going to get Northwestern into their their second tournament in program history, all of which have come under his watch. So good for Chris Collins, good for Northwestern. Um, they've been they've been uh, a pretty pretty cool watch this season. Um, and before the Purdue game, they did have back to back road victories against Wisconsin and Ohio State, who aren't good teams, but getting road victories in, in conference are always always difficult. So good on Northwestern going to the tournament this year. Um, as for who will not be going to the tournament this year, Sister Jean. In fact, Sister Jean's never gone to the tournament. She's never logged an NCAA tournament minute. Um, but she has been the figurehead of the Loyola Ramblers so far this season. And Loyola is no longer in the Missouri Valley Conference. They have moved to the Atlantic 10 Conference. Currently this season, 3-10 and 10 in conference play, 9-16 and 16 overall on the year. They will not be heading to the NCAA tournament, barring a miracle run in the A-10 this year. Um, it has been a bit of a tough transition for them, and I don't see them going on any sort of run. They will be the last seed or one of the last seeds in the A-10 tournament. There's some pretty good teams, too, in the A-10. VCU, Dayton, SLU, um, Fordham's been solid as well this year. So, unfortunately, you will not be seeing Sister Jean on a television screen near you for the NCAA tournament this year. Um, another thing, uh, Jim Beheim does not care anymore. Jim Beheim just simply does not care anymore. Um, he has been going on an absolute reporter rampage. Um, if you want a good watch after every Syracuse game, just, just watch the, uh, just watch those Jim Beheim postgame press conference. Um, he's 16 and 10 this season, nine and six in the ACC, which is actually a lot better than he's used to to doing in the ACC on a three-game win streak in conference right now uh, with a home game against Duke this weekend. But uh, the Orange will not be going to the NCAA tournament unless they really go on a run in the ACC tournament. And um, he's just been on – He's the curmudgeon in him has really shown this year. He's been, uh, he's been attacking um, – student reporters he has he to begin the season and in fairness he's 
actually has been right on this, but at the beginning of the season, he, he went out and saying how the Big Ten sucks, um, and he has been right about that, so I will give him credit there. Um, but it's usually not something you hear from a coach. Um, and then on top of that, um, yesterday in the handshake line, too, um, he had a little bit of a moment with Kevin Keats. Nothing got animated or physical, but um, it was certainly interesting because Kevin Keats came up to him basically saying how screwed he's been by the refs, and Jim Beheim says, I've been getting screwed over here, too. Um, and he used a little bit more colorful language that I, I will not be using on the show because we are a family show here on Basketball U. Um, but he has, he has officially waved the, the no cares flag, and um, he's, been, he's been very uh, surly this year. So it's always been entertaining to watch. And I think a lot of Syracuse fans are hoping that this is going to be the last of the years, but it may not be that way. Um, oh, and by the way, um, Coach K is not here anymore. And, and Duke kind of sucks. Um, so that's, that's your last little tidbit there. Um, in case you didn't know, Coach K is not here anymore. And, and Duke um, is kind of falling out of favor on the national scene as well. All right. This weekend, so that is your uh, that is your football fans guide to parachuting into college basketball right there. Hopefully you'll join us. Hopefully you'll, you'll bet the games. You'll enjoy watching the games because the Saturday slates have been loaded and a lot of fun. Speaking of what is happening um, this weekend on this Saturday slate, we have our top 16 seed reveal. And this is much like how in college football they do the playoff reveals. Um, but college basketball... In February, um, the tournament committee gets together and they seed the top 16 teams. They started doing this a couple years ago, and I love it. I, I think it's great so you can kind of get a glimpse into the eyes of the committee, what they're feeling, what they're thinking. So I'm going to go out and try to guess what these are going to be 1 through 16. Now, I am doing a little bit of guesswork here because it is based on everything that kind of happens um, throughout the week. So there are some games that have not been played, but I'm going to kind of predict those within my own mind to, to get to where I'm going to go here with these one through 16. So my number 16 team is the Kansas state wildcats. Um, they've been off to a great start this year. Jerome Tang, their, their first year head coach, former Baylor assistant has done fantastic work with Kansas state this year. They got a huge upset victory over Kansas early on. And they've had some other good victories along the way as well. Currently 12th in the AP poll, but they did just lose to Oklahoma last night in blowout fashion. So I will put them at 16. I think they are going to be the the last of the four seeds here. So these are uh, your top four seeds, um, your top seeds of one through four in the uh, the NCAA tournament. As, as I'm projecting, the tournament committee will see it. I think Kansas State will be the last of the four seeds at 16. Number 15, Xavier. They're playing against Marquette tonight. I don't think they'll end up pulling that one out, but Xavier, I think, is going to be your 15 seed, your 15th overall team, one of the four seeds, um, one of the last four seeds. At 14, uh, another team out of the Big 12, I've got Iowa State checking in. Iowa State at 14, they've pulled off some impressive victories this season. In fact, you go through all those top teams in the Big 12, Iowa State is the one that's is the only one that's sort of beaten them all. They've kind of lost to the bad teams. You know, it's they're kind of like the Chicago Bulls. And I guess the common thread here is that both once upon a time were coached by Fred Hoiberg. Um, but ba- or Iowa State has beaten Baylor. TCU, Texas, Kansas State, and Kansas. Those are five of the best teams in 
Um, in the Big 12, Iowa State has beaten all of them, and for that I will give them the 14 spot, even though they have lost their last two games. Next up, Gonzaga at 13. They've just kind of been steady this year. Give me the Zags at 13 on this. Number 12, Tennessee. They are playing Alabama tonight. I do think Alabama wins this one, even though Tennessee is the favorite at home. Um, so Tennessee, I think, will take a couple spot dip in the AP polls, but they will be your number 12 team and the last of the three seeds that we will see when the tournament committee unveils their rankings this weekend. At 11, I'm going to roll with Indiana, a team that has caught a lot of fire as of late. Winners of eight of their last nine, including victories over Purdue and Rutgers and Illinois on the road. Um, so give me the Indiana Hoosiers playing some fantastic basketball as of late and sort of saving their season here. Give me the Hoosiers as a three seed and the number 11 team in this unveiling. At number 10, the team that's currently leading the Big East right now, I will take the Marquette Golden Eagles. Um, they just lost on the road to UConn, did bounce back with a victory against Georgetown. I do think they go out and take care of Xavier tonight at home. Um, and I do think that this uh, this Marquette team, they, they've got the inside track to win the Big East. And especially if they hold off and win the Big East, they will be either a two or three seed in the NCAA tournament in my eyes. At number nine, the first of the three seeds here, it is the Virginia Cavaliers, uh, currently in the, the thick of things and have the most impressive resume out of the ACC. Um, they have been really, really strong this year. They've won nine of their last 10 games. Um, and the lone loss there being a, a close one on the road against Virginia Tech. They did beat Duke in overtime in a controversial game that a lot of people think should have there should have been some free throws awarded to Duke at the end of regulation. There were not. Um, but I, I'll give me the uh, Virginia Cavaliers. They've just been playing really steady basketball and have not lost a lot of games in conference play this year. So I like Virginia as the first of the three seeds. The last of the two seeds, the number eight team, I'm going with the Texas Longhorns, a team that's been steadily inside the top 10 all season long despite a coaching loss this year. They did lose to Texas Tech on Big Monday, but as I've said before on this show, I don't um, I don't penalize very uh, harshly for losing at uh, losing on the road on Big Monday games um, because so far this season, the home teams are nine and one against the spread on Big Monday games after going two and one this past week. Uh, they were a perfect seven and zero to start, but nine and one North Carolina letting us down there on that little trend. But I've briefed you on that over the course of uh, the, this podcast and this show, so. We will continue to monitor that, but I like uh, Texas as the last of the two seeds. Ahead of them, give me the Baylor Bears. They have been the hottest team in the Big 12 as of late. Um, they have won 10 of their last 11 games, including 9 of their last 10 in uh, in the Big 12, which has been a 
an absolute gauntlet of a stretch. And they've got some tough games coming up here to, to close things out. Kansas on the road, Kansas State on the road, then home against Texas, road Oklahoma State, home against Iowa State. But I do think that Baylor will be the ones that end up winning the Big 12. I, I have a lot of confidence that they can close this thing out the rest of the way. They have been ultra steady as of late, finding their groove. They are the number one offense in the country, and they've been one of my favorite teams to watch in the sport this year. So they are a two seed right now in my eyes. Uh, the second two seed and my number six team is UCLA. UCLA has been a really strong team on both sides of the basketball. They did have a little bit of a hiccup um, near the end of January where they lost road games at Arizona and USC. Um, but they have kind of picked things back up, back to sort of their blowout ways as well. Um, they've won their last four. They have been just a steady team. Um, and the Pac-12 is not very good either. So I actually, I could very well see UCLA winning out the rest of the way in their Pac-12 regular season slate, close out these final six games and maybe work themselves into the conversation for a one seed as well. But UCLA right now, they are a two seed in my eyes, Arizona, the first of the two seeds and my number five team. They've pretty much done the same thing as UCLA, a little bit better in the non-conference slate than the the Bruins, um, and a little bit worse in conference. Uh, they did just come off of a puzzling loss to Stanford, um, but overall, I think their body of work is a little more impressive, and they have the head-to-head victory against UCLA. Their defense has gotten astronomically better pretty much since the middle of January, um, and I think the only loss that they will suffer the rest of the way is to UCLA to close things out on the road. And that ultimately, I think, will give UCLA the bump in the the, the final uh, standings and rankings and seeding. But Arizona right now, my my number five team. And I think the, the just the winner of the Pac-12 tournament will be either UCLA or Arizona, and that team will be the, the higher-seeded team in the when we do get our March Madness brackets in Selection Sunday, which is now less than four weeks away, by the way. Um, all right, let's get into the one seeds here. I don't think there's much debate in terms of who the one seeds are, but the shuffling and the order maybe is a little up for interpretation. So my number four team and the last of the one seeds, I've got the Kansas Jayhawks right now. Kansas has been a very good team all season long. They did have a little bit of a struggle here. They lost three games in a row. Um, but they were uh, nearly flawless in the um, conference or non-conference portion of the of the season, where they started the year sixteen and one, including eleven and one in non-conference play, going to the Battle for Atlantis title game as well. Uh, then they had a three-game losing streak in conference. They have never had a four-game losing streak under Bill Self, so that was nearly in jeopardy. And surely enough, they did figure it out. Um, but Kansas right now playing some really, really good basketball. They are currently 9-4 and four and in a tie for first in the Big 12. And, of course, they are the reigning champs as well. But I think they will grab that last one seed from the tournament committee. Number three, we're going to go with Purdue. They have had the, the losses as of late. Um, but at 23-3 and three this season, um, they have been one of the most impressive teams in the sport. They have the best player in the sport as well with Zach Eady. So give me Purdue as the third of the one seeds and the number three team um, in the, uh, the unveiling that we're going to get. Number two, I'm going to go with the Houston Cougars. 
because Houston has been steady all season long. They do have a puzzling loss at home against Temple, and they also have the head-to-head loss against Alabama as well. But if you look at most metric sites, Ken Palm, Bartorvik, the net, they all have Houston as the number one team, but I do think it will be Alabama that gets the number one overall seed. They are a game behind Houston right now in terms of matching up their actual records. Houston at 23-2, and Bama at 22-3. and However, Alabama does have the head-to-head victory on Houston's home floor. And if you look at the overall strength of schedule, Alabama has played the eighth toughest strength of schedule, according to Ken Pomp Wall. Houston has played the 96th toughest schedule, according to, to Ken Pomp's metrics there. And because of that, I am giving Alabama the nod that they are a, a game behind, but with the astronomically more difficult schedule. So give me Alabama as the number one overall seed. They have been dominant all season long. All right, that's going to do it for us here on Basketball U. Hope you enjoyed your your guide, your football fans' guide to parachuting into college basketball. Um, And we hope you're along for the ride with us here up until March Madness and through the tournament, um, including Champ Week, one of my favorite weeks as well. Because, hey, the the Big Ten tournament's actually coming to Chicago, so I will be there. Hope to see some of you out there as well. Looking forward to that. Cannot wait for Champ Week as well as the NCAA tournament. So, Thanks for listening. Be sure to tell all of your college hoops loving friends about the show. Rate, download, subscribe. You can follow me on Twitter as well at TylerAki underscore. Always tweeting college hoop stuff with you there and love getting all of your interaction. We'll talk to you guys next week.